Welcome to the Mornings with Sue and Andy podcast for Wednesday, August 30th. Teachers are preparing to welcome students back to the classroom, but do they have the resources and support they need? We discuss the challenges facing teachers ahead of the new school year with Jason Schilling, president of the Alberta Teachers Association. Back to school means fall is just around the corner and perhaps the best and perfect time to get organized ahead of the cold winter months. But where to start? We get some tips on how to declutter the backyard, basement and garage with Michelle Luno, general manager at 1-800-GOT-JUNK. And finally, the 2024 edition of the Old Farmer's Almanac is now out. We flip through the pages of the publication with a specific focus on the winter forecast with Jack Burnett, managing editor of the Old Farmer's Almanac. With the kids ready to head back to class, are the teachers ready for them? Are our educators prepared? Joining us to discuss if teachers have the support and resources they need this fall is Jason Schilling, Alberta Teachers Association, Association president. Good morning to you, Jason. Good morning. Thank you for having me on today. Thank you for being here. So, so through your eyes and through your organization, what are the biggest challenges facing Alberta teachers as they prepare for the new school year? Any unique challenges into the 2023-2024 year? Well, I think we're going to see um, a lot of the challenges that we had through the last several years carry forward um, into this year. And I think a lot of it... Uh, will be based around sort of class size and the composition of our classrooms and the funding that are that is being put into public education right now. Do you think that teachers, Jason, do teachers have the support and the resources they need or, or are we falling short in this province? Um, that's a great question because, you know, teachers are excited to go back to school to work with students. Uh, it's always one of my favorite times of the years when we're going back to school. We get to see um, the kids that you've not seen for a couple months, the growth and, and the changes that happen over the summer. But we know just from the budget that has been put down from uh, the government right now that we are not funding um, appropriately and accordingly for the growth that we've seen in our province. We see about 12,000 to 13,000 new students a year, and we've not seen um, the hiring of teachers keep pace with that. That will cause um, larger class sizes. It causes uh, you know issues with making sure that you can help every student in your classroom have, meet their needs, and uh, funding will be a real issue as we go forward. I have heard uh, anecdotally through friends in the education uh, realm that it, it is hard to find employees. It's hard to find <laughs> teachers to fill full-time jobs. Can you give us an insight as to, to what that situation is? And is it improving? And what does this mean for, for your members? Well, yeah, and that's an issue that we're seeing not just in Alberta, but you're seeing that across Canada. Um, there will be a teacher retention and a shortage uh, moving through the fall and into the spring. We saw a little bit of what that looks like last year when we had problems finding substitute teachers when teachers became ill or had professional, professional development opportunities that they had to go to. I think that issue is going to be amplified this year as uh, teachers are choosing not to continue to work in education because classroom conditions need to be addressed by school boards and by government. Um, when you feel like you can't meet the needs of your students, it, it takes a toll on, on you know, sort of that moral distress that you have in the classroom of not being able to help all your students out. So, I mean, what do you do about that, Jason? Is there any kind of campaign underway to try and bring teachers, say, from other provinces, for example, lure them to Alberta? I mean, when you don't have enough teachers, there's a shortage. That's going to have a big impact on the students and how they learn. Well, it's interesting because we, we talked about this at the Canadian Teachers Federation general meeting in July. And it, like I said, every province across uh, Canada is feeling this, even the Northwest Territories. 
Um, and there, there are people out there who want to teach. They're just not willing to teach right now because of the conditions in the classroom with the lack of funding, with the class size, with not being able to get assessments for students with special needs, um, having to buy their own resources, having a curriculum that's put into place that's not being uh, uh, supported properly by government. All of those factors are there that are making some individuals who have teaching degrees choose not to teach right now. And uh, we you know, talking about teacher retention and where do we get individuals is part of the problem. But the real issue is the classroom conditions and that's where the starting point needs to be. So what does this mean? I mean, obviously, we'd like to snap our fingers and make sure we have enough classrooms, enough floor space in all of our uh, schools with, within the province. With, with the exception of not having that magic wand and creating a new school or adding a portable on a whim, what is done at this point and what could be done better with the existing structures, Jason? Well, I know that's a that's a great point. You can't just sort of snap our fingers and have a new school in a, a highly populated area. Part of it is planning, working with school boards to make sure that uh, they're they're building the facilities that we need. Um, I don't know if you, it's hard to get a portable right now, so. Uh, can't snap your fingers for that. But part of it is working with schools and with teachers and asking them specifically what are some of the things that we need. It could be adding um, other teachers to a building and um, you know having two teachers in a classroom that is, is larger if you can't split that classroom. Um, but finding supports and talking to staff about things that they need in order to meet the needs of their students every day. Because ultimately that's our goal is to make sure that our students' needs are met, that uh, learning is happening and that we are or making uh, our kids move forward with the school year and uh, talking to teachers about what they need first, specifically within that school and that classroom is a really good place to start and then funding it. Mm -hmm. Exactly. Uh, Jason, I'm curious, you know, where are we at with, uh, I believe it was the K to six curriculum that was revamped by the UCP that got teachers and educators and parents, frankly, up in arms because it just didn't seem to make any sense. <laughs> Nobody had been uh, talked to about the, the curriculum changes. And so the UCP pulled it back. Where are we with that? So this fall, we'll see the um, English language arts and literature and mathematics for grades four to six. Um, being rolled out. You'll also see K-3, to kindergarten grade 3 science, and then French language arts and the Francophone curriculum being rolled out as well. Um, this will be a challenge too for teachers who are dealing with larger class sizes and, and this, you know, the demands that we're seeing in the classroom also trying to implement new curriculum for um, students and, you know, as we've been talking to colleagues, this process starts in the spring, but it's not been enough time for teachers to do the professional development that they need to really understand what the curriculum is asking them to do. And I hear a lot from my colleagues about a lack of resources, especially French resources. A lot of our Francophone colleagues are spending time translating English into French for resources that their students can use because the, the resources are just not there for uh, the students and the teachers in the classroom. So this will be a challenge. And then, of course, you need to think, you know, the social studies curriculum, which was highly problematic, was shelved, and that needs to be revamped. So we said to government and the new minister of education when we met with him in June that the association and teachers are here to to work with them and the government on trying to get uh, the remaining curriculum and the curriculum that's out there right now into a, a place in a state that works well for students and for their parents and for, for teachers. All right, time for the million-dollar question, and uh, I don't mean to put you on the hot seat, but it is Back to School Eve, and we've put the question out on our Facebook page where people can follow us at Sue Andy Mornings on Facebook. 
we put it out there with Back to School Eve. What was your favorite school lunch item? When uh, lunch was packed for you, Jason, as uh, young Jason was heading off to class, and you might have had a rough uh, first couple of periods in language arts and math and weren't feeling it, but you opened that lunch kit and it made your day. What was that one item in your lunch you loved to see? Just so, so funny. I'm a, I'm a Generation X. I made my own lunch. Like, period. Um, you so... ne- nobody made you a lunch, Ever? Jason? No. Aww. My parents were both actually gone to work by the time I think I went to school. Um, so whatever I had in my lunch that I didn't like was really my own fault. Um, I'm just trying to think, you know. Did mom do something special when she went shopping and picked up a certain something that you loved? Yeah, there would always be some sort of treat. Like, uh, you know, I'm just trying to think of what it would be. You put me on the spot. I know. He said he didn't mean to put you on the spot, but he really did. This is the hot seat, Jason. How about like a Vachon cake? Did you have those when you were a kid? Oh, you know what I used to love when we would have leftovers would be like that lava cake that my mom would make in some... uh, um, little pan. I don't even know if they even make it anymore, but it yes. was always such a nice treat to have the next day if that was Delicious. there was a little bit of that in the pan. Good so. answer. Good answer, Jason. Excellent. Anything chocolate, you're on the on the right track there. I, I thoroughly agree with that. <laughs> Thank, uh, thanks so much, and uh, you know, happy uh, back to school eve, Jason. Uh, thanks for your time this morning, and have a great rest of your day. You bet. Thank you very much. Thank you, Jason Schilling, Alberta Teachers Association president. It is time to start prepping for winter, whether it's inside or outside your home. We've got some help for you to get started on your fall cleaning. Yeah, to heck with it. Spring cleaning. How about some fall cleaning to prep for the new season? Joining us is Michelle Luno, General Manager at 1-800-GOT-JUNK. Good morning to you, Michelle. Good morning to you. How are you doing? Good, good. Thank you for taking the time uh, with us. Now, let's start. And I know we don't see the snowflakes flying, but we'll need some space in that garage, for example, to store those winter tires. So let's start in the garage. A lot of folks have a full garage. If you want to get the uh, garage cleared before winter, now's the time to get started. Any tips for us? Yeah, you know what? Like what we notice is a lot of people use their garage uh, over the the spring and summer months just as additional storage, and it starts accumulating there. And uh, as soon as kind of like the season turns and they would much rather have their cars parked in there, mm-hmm. they find themselves with a lot of the uh, gardening equipment and the bikes and all that stuff, um, like clogging up their their parking spaces. So it's definitely a good time to uh, start sorting that out and uh, decide what you want to hang on to for next season and all the uh, other unwanted items that you're probably not going to use next year. Uh, that's a perfect opportunity to call us and then we'll help you out to get rid of that stuff. Michelle, what do you say would be sort of the main thing that you get a call about? Is it about the fact that we've packed our garages so full of crap and we now need it to be removed or is it stuff in the yard? What, what is it mainly that you get calls about at 1-800-GOT-JUNK? It, it, it's, it's really like very different from situation to uh, like every household is a little bit different and there's kind of certain life uh, events that that trigger kind of like to call us. Um, but uh, it could be anything from a renovation uh, project over the, the spring and summer that just led to store extra stuff in the garage and then it just needs to go. Uh, you got some other people that bought new equipment um, over this, this year's season 
and then they just didn't get rid of it um, when they bought the new stuff. And they kind of like tend to store, leave it there. So the classic would be a new patio set. Um, so they bought something new to enjoy that. Um, but the old one, mm-hmm. still somewhat functional. So they, they didn't have art there to, to throw it out. And they hung on to it, hoping that someone else would have taken it off their hands. But, you know, summer is over and nobody took that old patio set. And uh, so they find themselves with that in their garage, but takes away the parking spot. And so now it needs to go. Let's move inside, Michelle. And and I I would think that the conventional thinking would be like, I'll deal with the basement or the the attic in the winter because it's, you know, it's not outdoors. Having said that, if you have junk that you're removing or stuff you're going to sell and you want it out of the house, now you want to get it out of the house when it's not minus 30 and you're not dragging it through the snow to your new clean garage. So let's talk about the importance of, of doing those inside projects now in case you're taking those things to uh, you, you good folks at 1-800-GOT-JUNK uh, parked on the street, for example. Yeah, it's, it's, it's exactly the same. Like outdoor stuff tends to kind of like get uh, stored into the garage and everything indoor. Um, the first step uh, is, oh, we'll just kind of put it in the basement mm-hmm. and then it's, it's out, of your, uh, out of your way. But uh, eventually you find yourself with 14 couches in your basement <laughs> and three old televisions and uh, four Christmas trees and so forth. And um, yeah, it's it's surprising once once we come in and uh, you know you start realizing how much has accumulated, like how many moving boxes you still have unopened from some empire. And the reality is, if if you haven't used it kind of like this year, chances are you you're not going to use it next year. And it's just um, an eye opener for a lot of our clients to once once they get rid of it, like how big their house is. So um, yeah, you you get that. Uh, Typically in the spring, the cleanup, but more and more we see that fall uh, cleanup as well, where people just call us and say, you know, it's just about time to make some space and uh, enjoy kind of like the room that they would have in their house once the whole clutter is cleared. Michelle, when we call 1-800-GOT-JUNK, do you charge by the weight of what you take or by the time it takes to clear out whatever it is that we've got messing up our house? How does it work? I know it's different Uh, in every situation, obviously. Yeah, we, we, we only charge by volume. Um, so we don't do bins where you'd have to decide how big of a bin you would need for your project. So we come with, with the team, typically two truck team members for a normal size job. Uh, we come to your home and we'll come with our truck, park that in front of your house or in the driveway, wherever it's convenient for you. Um, and then you would kind of like show us like all the unwanted items that you want us to take. Um, we would give you a quote up front um, for that. And if you like the price, um, then uh, we'll, we'll start moving. So it's just by volume. So how much of that junk will will um, we'll be able to fit in the back of our truck? So if you only take half of the space of our truck, you only pay for half. If you need a full truckload, you pay for a full truckload. If it's a quarter of a truck, you only pay for a quarter of a truck. And a little bit like Costco, the more you put in your shopping cart, the cheaper it gets. And it's the same with us as well. So per square or cubic feet, um, the more you add to the truckload, the cheaper it gets. And that's why once you start um, deciding to part with some of your unwanted items, like you get a pretty good price point for that. Michelle, is it advantageous, for example, if Sue and I are neighbors and she has some junk in the garage and I have stuff in the basement, does it work out if we, we can maybe split? Is, do you see that happening sometime between neighbors splitting some we, space? 
we we do we see that with neighbors we even have like um almost like stream cleanups or um people will have like a garage sale in the neighborhood and whatever is left over we'll just send a couple of trucks and take whatever is left and then the neighbors split the bill and it tends to be kind of um cheaper that way because you know the cost of us coming out and having you know to charge kind of prorated for the volume so like i'd say um sue gets half a truckload and then you would have to pay for half a truckload if you buy both combine your load and we just charge you for one truckload you're going to end up with less um of an invoice for yourself for sure so that's a great idea michelle thank you so much for your time really appreciate it it's an idea as we get closer to that snow and the winter and you want to get your car in the garage or just make the house look a little better than it does right now give them a call 1-800-GOT-JUNK you can go online at 1-800-GOT-JUNK.COM thanks for your time this morning you're welcome. Take care. Bye-bye. Michelle Luno is GM of 1-800-GOT-JUNK. I do think, yeah, spring cleaning has nothing on fall cleaning because here you go, right? This is very much a, a, a case of getting prepared for totally. so much. It's the onslaught starting tonight because I have to make that first school lunch. <laughs> and then you roll on through. Mm-hmm. You've got to be on point. You've got to know where the kids are supposed to be. You're signing up. You've got dance class. You've got swimming. You've got... This is it. So to get that stuff from out of foot would be fantastic. I have never, and I've lived in a lot of cities across the country just, you know, because of working in radio. I've never lived anywhere where there are so many storage units like we have in the city of Calgary. What are we storing and what? And also people who park on the street or on their driveway because they can't get their vehicles in the garage. We have so much crap. What are we doing? Lots of crap. And, and again, there's lots of companies out there. We just, again, spoke with our friends at 1-800-GOT-JUMP, but lots of great companies out there. The whole point is to, to pay monthly. I'm not sure where these storage lockers yes. are. What is it? 80 to probably $150 you're a not month? Using, you're just locking it up. Yeah, over $1,000 a year versus getting it done in one shot. Yes. That's appealing to me. Oh, big time. Well, you know what? At least the weather's turned. Oh, sweater weather. Sweater weather. Sweater weather. Oh, God, I was. Finally, sweater, sweater weather. weather. Oh, sweater weather. It's about time. It's about time. Sweater weather. Sweater weather. Oh, Finally, sweater weather. God. Sweater weather. Sweater weather winter weather or sweater weather lovers rejoice because snow and lots of it is coming our way the 2024 old farmers almanac is out now and to break everything down we are joined this morning by jack burnett managing editor of the old farmers almanac morning jack thanks for being with us again Good morning. It's always great to be in Calgary one way or another. I love it. It's a pleasure having you. Uh, first off, get you a little chance to, to plug yourself and, and what you and your team do. How accurate are the Almanac predictions? Yeah, the OFA, the Old Farmer's Almanac, a Canadian edition, is usually about 80% accurate. We've been doing it for, you know, 232 years. Uh, you know, so four out of five, you know, t- our prediction for today, as a matter of fact, that we made uh, about a year and a half, a year and three quarters uh, ago was for uh, warm with uh, uh, isolated thunderstorms. So I think that's pretty close. Um, and, you know, sometimes we do get them, sometimes we don't. Most of the time we do. It's interesting. I want, I want to bring it back to the, the publication in general, Jack, because it's fantastical. I'm a huge fan of the old Farmer's Almanac, and I remember reading it as a child and then becoming a meteorologist myself years later, still flipping through it and marveling at it. Uh, but for those folks who've maybe never picked up an old Farmer's Almanac, maybe they're living under a rock, or maybe it just wasn't a family tradition, how would you describe it? Because it's, it's, it's got to be one of the most unique publications you can get your hands on. 
Sure. The Old Farmer's Almanac uh, is the oldest continuously published periodical in North America, founded in 1792. Our special Canadian edition, which is different from the U.S., um, was started in 1982. So this, that's, you know, a little bit uh, younger, but uh, still fairly old. Um, and the Old Farmer's Almanac has always contained lots of what our founder uh, described as new, useful information with a pleasant degree of humor. So that's kind of what always has separated us. Um, we have everything from gardening and weather and food and astronomy, folklore, astrology, uh, household tips and, and kinks and so on, humor, uh, puzzles. For example, this year one of our mind manglers is reprinted from our 1824 edition. So we'll see how folks in Calgary do in tackling that, you know. Um, so it's it's everything. It's not just weather. Weather is only maybe 5% or something's 5-6% of the old Farmer's Almanac Canadian edition. Um, we also have special, you know, Canadian content. This year there's article about land serving. Uh, there's one that's called a very prickly situation, which is all about porcupines uh, and and on and on and on so as you say it's it's everything and and you know back in the day the old farmer's almanac was sort of like the google of its day mm-hmm. you know you'd get everything there they had stagecoach routes post office opening times when universities would be on vacation so the, the kids would be home to help with the chores and so on and today it's still sort of like a potpourri of things that are that are of interesting things and new information, like, for example, this year about ocean currents, which affect the weather. But the difference with the OFA is that it's all curated together. I mean, you don't you, you don't need to go online and search for a whole bunch of different things. There's a whole bunch of different things combined together that you can hold on in your hand or get online. It's amazing. The table of contents, I'm just looking at it. It is fantastic, Jack. As you say, the mind manglers is one thing. And then you've got fishing, secrets to fun fishing, the best fishing days. You've got you've got great recipes in there. So a little bit of everything. But what we want to focus on right now is the weather. And please tell us that we're going to have a mild winter. Can you do that? What, what, do, what do we got shaping up for us here in the prairies in Alberta, specifically this winter? Well, uh, in Alberta, we're looking uh, at white. It's all white everywhere you look. Uh, it's uh, colder, um, more precipitation, more of this precip- precipitation uh, in the form of snow. So, uh, uh, you know, Sue, I, you know, I've been doing this for many, many years, and I've seldom seen a map of Canada that has uh, so much white on really? it. Um, the only parts that aren't white are down are over in Vancouver and out in the in Newfoundland. Other than that, it's like snow everywhere. So um, what we're looking for specifically is the coldest parts of the winter, middle of November, end of December into January, end of January through the middle of February. So what's interesting there is that, I mean, there's certainly going to be cold spots after February, but we don't see any like super, super big sieges of cold uh, in March and April. Snow is kind of a bookend. I, you know, it's going to be snowing, you know, not steadily, you know, day after day after day, but we're looking for the heaviest snow periods actually to be around the beginning of November and the end of March, sort of like bookends. And uh, we're especially looking for uh, another snowstorm the first week of April. So it's all spread out. Um, it's, uh, you know, it's kind of crazy. And as I say, it's, it's, looks to us to be one of the one of the oldest old-fashionedest of the old-fashioned winners that we could expect in alberta 
but more so from what I'm hearing, and it was kind of you get into a lot of detail there, Jack. More so, not exactly the biting, biting cold, but more so snow and the amount of snow defines the season more than the bitterly cold temperatures. Well, it, uh, it's still going to be colder than normal, um, but you know what? What our forecasting methods uh, show are like sort of like highlights. Um, so we see, you know, certain areas where we know that it, we expect it to be colder than the rest of the winter. It's still going to be cold um, throughout the whole winter. Same thing with snow. We see a couple of of times when when, when we really get indications of big snowstorms, but it's also going to be snowing, you know, for the rest of the uh, you know the rest of the winter too. So. The two are kind of, you know, linked together. Sometimes what we'll see is that, you know, we'll see a, uh, this isn't the case now, but we'll see maybe a milder winter and more more snow, and which would mean we get wet snow. Um, but in this particular winter's case, we're looking at, you know, the cold, dry, uh, late snow um, and lots of it. Lots of snow. Okay, great prediction for us. Thank you so much, Jack. Really appreciate your time this morning. Thanks for telling us about the new edition. It's our pleasure. Thank you, Sue. Thanks, Jack Burnett, Managing Editor of the Old Farmer's Almanac. You can go online at almanac.ca. They're also on Facebook, Insta, TikTok, and Pinterest.